1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a AM member FDIC.
0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride. It is Friday, and that means that the Pittsburgh Steelers are... They're going to be playing this weekend, and it's hard for me. I'm still not in that rhythm yet, and it's probably because the Pittsburgh Steelers, the first two preseason games they had were on Thursdays, and that really throws you off. Think about the regular season. Whenever they have that Thursday night game, it's just everything else is different. The weekend doesn't match up. Finally, the Steelers are at least, for the next two weeks, going to be playing close to or on the weekend. So this week, the Saturday Detroit Lions, the third preseason game for the Steelers at Heinz Field, nationally televised on NFL Network. That's exciting. It's a Saturday. Next week after, or the week after, next Friday, is when they go to Carolina. The preseason finale, it's a Friday night. And then after that, in two weeks, September 12th, I believe, is when the season kicks off week one, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. And it is a one o'clock start. Should be a really, really good matchup. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. We still have to talk a lot about the Detroit Lions coming to Heinz Field for a lot of reasons. For instance, they the Steelers play the Lions this year. People often forget that for some reason, but the Steelers play the Lions. And so when they play the Lions, you're thinking, okay, are they going to maybe hold back a little bit? Are they not going to show everything? Are they going to limit playing time? We're going to talk about all that with the expectations that have changed for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they go from Hall of Fame game, Eagles game, and now get ready for the Lions game. But before we get there, I want to make sure that you are checking BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. I mean everything. Breaking news, features, film room, commentary. We have it all. And I got to be honest. There's a lot of people out there that have been reading behind the steel curtain because I see the page views, people. They are ratcheting up. They are getting excited for the Steelers season. And I have to be honest, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is going to be a great spot for you We update it multiple times a day, so it's not just one of those, well, check in the morning and then I'm done. You can check in the morning, check at lunch, check in the evening, and you will get fresh content every single time you check. It's pretty cool. Also, Behind the Steel Curtain's podcast platform, which is an extension of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which is an extension of Vox Media and SB Nation, It is growing. It's growing rapidly. I mean, we have so much content there on the audio side that I really hope that you're checking out everything, giving everything a chance. I say that my Let's Ride podcast, I've been extremely happy with how it's gone since we started it last season, and I hope that you're giving other shows a chance, whether it's The Live Mike with Michael Beck, The Stat Geek with Dave Schofield. He had a great episode this morning on, I'm sorry, on Thursday morning. And then you also have these new shows that are debuting. We're talking about the fantasy football fix with Jeremy Betts on the cutting room floor with uh, <clears throat> Jeffrey Benedict. forgot his name for a second. We have Matty Peverell with the War Room. We have the Ohioans with the Power Half Hour, the Steelers Power Half Hour. It's a really fun show if you've never listened to that. And then also a new show that is debuting Friday today, and that is what Ian's talking about. I want to give a good description of this, but I don't know if I can. The best description is... You just have to listen and give it a shot. They're talking all about social media. They're talking about the Steelers, what fans are freaking out about, and it's it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you check that out, not to mention all of our afternoon shows, which are live on YouTube and on Facebook. Those are still going on. Those go on our audio platform much earlier. They go on the same night. So make sure you check out all that content. We appreciate all of our listeners and my ride or die crew is the best, and I know that they're taking in as much of that content as possible because there's still shows I didn't even mention, uh, the Mike Tomlin recap uh, from his press conference, the training camp recap articles that were going on there in training camp, and then obviously uh, the injury report podcast, the Factor Fictions, the pregame, we have it all, folks. I'm telling you. Speaking of training camp, the Steelers wrapped up their training camp on Thursday. It was their last practice at Heinz Field. It was closed, and Mike Tomlin had said that they wanted to use this week, the third preseason game, week two in the exhibition schedule, they wanted to use this week as a regular week of work. And what that means is that they were trying to simulate a normal week of practice for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so what they did is they basically had, okay, the meetings at one point, then they would have walkthroughs at a different point. They even pumped in crowd uh, noise during Thursday's practice, which is something they typically do in a regular work week. They are trying to get their players acclimated to what it would be like if they make the 53-man roster and they're going out throughout the 16, I'm sorry, 17-game regular season schedule. But as they prepare for the Detroit Lions, we as fans have to think, what are the expectations versus the Detroit Lions? Have they changed since the last two preseason games? And I'm here to tell you, and it's the headline and the title of this podcast, is that the Steelers' expectations versus the Lions have changed dramatically. They have changed dramatically. There's so many different changes on what we, the fans, should expect. And I guarantee you that the coaching staff, their, change, their expectations have changed dramatically as well. So let's go all the way back, though. Let's back up two weeks ago. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys were playing on Thursday night in the Hall of Fame game. Here was what I did this very similar podcast, and it was the expectations before the Cowboys game. And here's what we came up with in terms of expectations for the Steelers. No turnovers, solid tackling, win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, splash plays, provide some quote unquote popcorn, as Mike Tomlin says, and then avoid the injury bug. Okay, so that was the first preseason game. Now in week one against the Philadelphia Eagles, well, there were some changes, you know, some experience, getting some experience for some players because remember, some rookies were just getting on the field, someone like Pat Fryermuth, also some undrafted free agents, some new players that were like Melvin Ingram was getting acclimated, Trey Turner was getting acclimated. Uh, the, The expectations changed when you're talking about the first exhibition to the second exhibition. So now here we are going into the third exhibition and you might be wondering, well, what's going to change now? In my opinion, a lot's going to change now. And the reason why a lot is going to change now is the Steelers have made it known that they are going to play their starters. And when I say the starters, we're talking about unless they're injured or unless they're not participating for some reason, i.e. T.J. Watt and his contract status, i.e. Stefan Tewitt and his injury, or whatever's keeping him out of practice. If they are healthy, they are expected to play, and that includes Ben Roethlisberger. Now, I've talked about Ben Roethlisberger playing in this game. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me why he would play in this game, but he is. And that's a, that's something that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger met with media on Thursday, and he said that he wants to play as much as possible. He wants to get used to Matt Canada's offense. He wants to make sure everything is clicking. And I get it. I get it. I don't, what I don't get is, is the risk worth the reward? So let's say the Steelers listen to me, which they won't. They never will. They, that's not going to happen. But let's say they listen to me. Now on Wednesday, I gave you my thoughts on how the Steelers should deploy their starters versus Detroit. And I said that I think that the quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, should play two drives. Let's say the Steelers listen to me. So Roethlisberger goes out there for two drives. Let's say the first drive, he gets a couple first downs, they end up having to punt. Second drive, he goes in, significant drive, ends in a field goal. Okay, they say, good Ben, good work. Get your feet wet, you can get in and get out. Was it worth it? was it worth it? Did it do anything in two drives? It would be different if they said Ben's going to play a half. Ben's going to play the first half. Now they would never do that. I'm not saying they should do that, but let's just use that as as an example. If they say, oh, Ben's going to play the first half, that's totally different. If you're saying the starters are going to play the first half, now we're talking about you're giving those players significant reps and significant experience together, but that's not going to happen. They're not going to do that. So let's let's break this down from an offensive and defensive standpoint in terms of expectations. So on offense, one thing we've seen, and this is something Dave Schofield noted in his Stat Geek this week, was kind of like the tale of two halves. The Steelers coming out of the gate on both sides of the ball have been sketchy at best. The Steelers' offense has kind of been good but not great. Great meaning putting points on the board. They've been good that they're getting first downs and moving the ball – but they're not at the point where they're looking dominant, that they're looking good. Now, with that being said, the Steelers' starting projected offensive line—the five players from left to right core for Kevin Dotson, Kendrick Green at uh, right guard, Trey Turner, right tackle Zach Banner—they have yet to play a snap of preseason football together. They've slowly gotten them all on the field, but not together. This. Saturday night, barring an injury, will be the first time that that unit is on the field together. So this is where, if the Steelers are using this as a dress rehearsal, you want to see that unit look good. You want to see that unit look dominant. You want to see them pushing the pile. You want to see them protecting. You want to see them look like they are a cohesive unit. That's going to be difficult. With the, uh, the lack of practice time they've had, that's going to be difficult. But that's what you want to see. You want to see that. And then th- it all has a ripple effect from there. If they're running well, meaning the offensive line is blocking, the offensive line's creating holes, you know, even after just two games and a handful of carries, you know that Najee Harris can run wild on someone. He has the look, the feel of an absolute star in the making. But he needs that offensive line there to kind of open some holes, limit the penalties. So that's what I want to see is that offensive line. This is the first time we've all seen them together. It's going to be really, really interesting to see how that pans out, plays out, however you want to put it. Well, With Ben Roethlisberger, I want to see a quarterback that is accurate. Not uh, People want to say, well, I want to see how he handles the verbiage. Yeah, Ben's going to be under center more. He's going to be running a new offense. You want to see clean exchanges. You want to see handoffs that are crisp. You want to see him understanding motions, shifts, protections, all that stuff. But I want to see a quarterback that's accurate because, in my opinion, that stuff will come. They still have three weeks before the regular season. Him and the handoffs and stuff, if he's getting to the point where he's pretty good with that, it's only going to get better. He's only going to get more confident. I want to see Roethlisberger deliver the ball accurately. I want to see those intermediate passes. That's the one thing. We as fans have not been given so far this preseason, and that is a quarterback that is going to attack the deep, middle, intermediate portions of the football field. We've seen Dwayne Haskins roll out and throw passes. We've seen deep passes down the sideline. I mainly I'm thinking about Mason Rudolph to De- Deontay Johnson against the Eagles. What we haven't seen are those great seam passes. I think it, it to me it's one of the most pretty throws in all of football when a quarterback hits a tight end down the seam think about Eric Ebron catching it in stride and just off to the races down the middle it's a beautiful play to watch and we haven't seen it I want to see Roethlisberger do that and then obviously also on offense you want to see receivers catching the ball that sounds ridiculous and silly yet we all went through 2020 and we know what that's all about on defense it's a little different Defense isn't like offense. There's not so much turnover. In offense, you have new Adrian Clem with the offensive line, Matt Canada's new system. You have Najee Harris. You have a whole new offensive line. There's so much turnover on the offensive side of the ball. Everyone's attention tends to go there, and rightfully so. But on the defense, it's a little bit different. On the defense, what I want to see... Is And this is something that Jeffrey Benedict did a great job in his podcast this week, talking about inside linebackers. And this is on his podcast on the cutting room floor, by the way, which you can check that out on our audio side. He talked about how a lot of times fans get frustrated when Devin Bush or maybe Joe Schobert in his first action with the team, it looks like the inside linebackers are getting hung out to dry. And he was the one, and I did not realize this, he watches more film than I do, that the Pittsburgh Steelers, when they typically put – A linebacker on an island now in this current roster, with this current roster, Minka Fitzpatrick is usually behind them. So, what does that mean? It means that the inside linebacker can say, I've got the underneath coverage. I'm going to tackle the catch. If he gets behind me, Minka's got it. Minka Fitzpatrick hasn't played yet this preseason. So, when you see Robert Spillane or Devin Bush or any other Ulysses Gilbert III getting abused in the passing game, understand that that probably won't happen when Minka Fitzpatrick's out there. I'm not saying Minka Fitzpatrick is perfect. I'm not saying that he is a a player that can transcend the game, but he is that good of a player. Keep that in mind. So I want to see less blown coverage. I want to see the defense come out and be more dominant. This will be our first time seeing players like Cam Hayward, Tyson Alulu. I want to see them really impose their will on the opposition. The Detroit Lions are not expected to be a great football team. You want to, you want to see that. You want to see them going out there and making them look like they're not going to be a great football team. I don't care if they're going up against backups. Make them look like backups. Be the dominant force that we are expecting from the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And lastly, on special teams, I, I want to see consistency across the board. Chris Boswell, you know, Sam Sloman was released with the cuts from 85. I'm sorry, from 90 to 85. So we're not going to see any kicker but Chris Boswell. I want to see him make every single one of his kicks, unless it's a 50-plus yarder. No missed extra points. I want to see the punting battle continue. You know, Danny Smith said that this punting battle is pretty even, and I have to agree. As much as I disdain Jordan Berry, a.k.a. Weasel Boy, and as much as I love Big Press, Presley Harvin the third. They are even based on the fact that Presley Harvin didn't get a chance to kick against Philadelphia last week. So this is good this thing's just heating up. They've got two weeks left. It's going to be fun to watch that punting battle. And the expectations, in my opinion, are really high for the Steelers. If they come out and look a little sluggish, I'm not the sky is not falling, but you want to see them look good. You want to see them look crisp. You want to see them look like they are, you know, putting attention to detail. All the the minutia is what you want to see. And we'll see if it plays out on Saturday night at Heinz Field. With that said, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back after the break, yes, you know what time it is. It's Friday. That means it's Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark, Michael Beck, is going to join me for a segment. But stay tuned for after that. I've got a really good heart to heart. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this break. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And it's Friday, which means you know what? And that is Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark joins us. If you don't know who Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark is, he is the only, the only verified member of the Behind the Steel Curtain staff. He has, he's so... I mean, I, I just don't even know how to describe him anymore. I mean, it's it's just like an, it's amazing that he's even, even joining me on my show. But Michael Beck, our deputy editor, is here. What's up, Michael? <laughs>
2: Everyone can hold the applause. It's okay. It's okay.
0: <laughs> I, I already know how one feels. It's all good. It's all good. Well, but I'm first, doing
2: great, Jeff. How are you? My
0: first question is, what does it feel like when you get that blue check mark? Like, is it like a, a badge of honor? Is it the validation? Is it? <laughs> I mean it, it do you sleep better at night knowing that you have it? I don't. I choose not to because I'm not a sellout. But anyways, like what does it feel like for you? Hey, I put my
2: pants on in the morning just like <laughs> everyone else, one leg at a time. But uh when I go to bed at night, I have a blue check
0: mark beside my name. So I'm to take it to uh, take it at face value. <laughs> there you go. We'll take we'll, we'll do that. Um, so let's talk about the Steelers. That's what everyone's here to talk about. So the Steelers. I I just don't, I can't wrap my head around their thought process with them playing all the starters this Saturday. Uh, I I just can't, you know, you think about that. So Ben Roethlisberger is going to play. We know this. Mike Tomlin said this on Thursday uh, during his press conference. Uh, He's been saying it for a few days now. He said it after last week's game. I think that Roethlisberger is going to be playing against the Detroit Lions at Heinz Field. Uh, Michael, there's going to be like three weeks until the regular season. It, do you see? Like, is there value in this? Is the risk worth the reward? In your opinion,
2: uh, it, it is
0: tough because it's such a long layover. Uh, from that
2: perspective, I totally get it. It, it is different though, uh, having snaps in practice than snaps in games. So, like, it just kind of getting into the rhythm I think is important. But uh, I, I uh, it, it's such a tough situation because it's what it'll be, pretty much exactly twenty one days. I guess twenty two in between uh, games Ben Roethlisberger would be playing in uh, for, in his case specifically. So as much as I don't love it, it seems like it's the only kind of preseason action that uh, these kind of uh, veteran type players can actually get uh, that make the most amount of sense because we know that last preseason game is typically all the, uh, of the bottom guys of the depth chart just uh, getting one last audition for a job so i i feel like they kind of have to play a little bit just to kind of get up to speed just it's been such a long layover especially without fans but but it is a tough situation
0: well you say it's typically it's typically the last time the last game is when they just empty the benches and typically yes but this isn't typical because the steelers and the cowboys are the only teams that had Four preseason games i'm thinking to myself okay they eliminated week four they they kept that calendar week there so why don't they play ben next week what's the harm in that what's the harm in using that final preseason game as the dress rehearsal i'm not so sure i understand your theory but i there are some quarterbacks I, i think i read somewhere maybe you saw this justin herbert and there's a bunch of chargers like they're skill players they're not playing at all I think right, that coach yeah. came out and said, like, well, they won't even see the field. I can kind of get behind that. Do you think that it's valuable? I know that Roethlisberger spoke to the media Thursday, said that with a new system, he, he wants to get out there and play as much as possible. But is there actual value there getting on the field compared to, like, Aaron Rodgers never plays in the preseason? We know we just talked about the Chargers. What do you think about that?
2: Well, I, I guess we can kind of take last year, for example, when there was no preseason. And uh, I'd say the football in the first couple of weeks was a little bit sloppy. Uh, so I I think there is value. The the only kind of part that stinks is that there is that huge layover, but part of me wonders if, uh, this being the only uh, preseason game that is taking place at Heinz field is the reason why, uh, some of these getting, some of these guys are getting this action, but, uh, I understand why other teams don't even uh, play their starters at all. But, uh, for someone like Ben who, uh, needs some time to get going. And we've seen this in years past and he, he typically would, what I, I think, uh, Really a long time ago, he played like a quarter of the last preseason game too. kind of being like uh, just ramping it up as the preseason went on. So uh, for him to play, I I think, honestly, it's probably going to be better for him in the long term. But uh, if I'm calling the plays, I'm making Ben hand the ball off a lot. I'm keeping him out of harm's way. Quick passes. I'm not uh, I'm not letting him get touched.
0: Yeah, that's that's the risk versus reward that I was talking about. Now, if anyone follows Michael on Twitter Hey, he's he's like you, you to me epitomize Steelers Twitter. You're <laughs> like an emotional roller coaster. Like you really it's are. True. Like, oh my gosh, they're gonna <laughs> stink. And then oh, they're gonna be awesome. And oh, they didn't make the move I wanted. Now they're stinking. So the Steelers created salary cap space with they step did. on two restructure. And you, boy, did you have your hopes up. I don't know what you had your hopes up for, because I'm sitting back like, I'm just going to react as it happens. Yeah. What were you expecting to happen? Because you were very disappointed on Twitter. I think there were some single-tier emojis (laughs) used. What were you expecting the Steelers to do with their newfound cap space?
2: Now, I still think they are going to use it in some sense. And the reason why I was kind of getting excited, it's its not for a particular player or anything. But uh, I think given the circumstances of what, where Kevin Colbert is in his career, of course, doing his year-to-year thing, and then where Ben Rothsberger is, where we don't know if this will be his last season, that the team is uh, 100% bought in at uh, making the best roster they possibly can making moves before training camp is over, getting guys kind of acclimatized to this team, uh, to this playbook, and then getting them ready to play. And then with them opening up money, they didn't restructure Stephon to it, what, four months ago when it could have helped them keep guys on the team like uh, a Bud Dupree uh, or a Mike Hilton, for example, but they're doing it now. And really that extra money that they've opened up isn't to – isn't going to change anything when it comes to a TJ Watt contract extension or anyone else on the team for that matter. Uh, unless uh, Mika Fitzpatrick wanted to really kind of uh, hurt his own bank account by trying to get a contract done now instead of waiting until next year where the leverage is kind of more in his uh, in his court. So it, it just seems like the Steelers making a move to free up some money like they did with Tuit. It it's going to lead to something else and something else that's going to make this team a little bit better. Um, what position remains to be seen, but, uh, it, it doesn't make any sense for them to be freeing up this money. If there isn't some sort of complimentary move also coming.
0: So let me ask you, put on your prognostication hat and what's the next move they make in your opinion, See, given the timeline of how everything went down, they freed up this money a, a few
2: hours before the cut deadline. Part of me wonders if they know of, uh, some particular player that's possibly been on the trade market for uh, maybe a couple months now that it seems like the the talks because all these agents and GMs talk. So I'm pretty sure everyone's uh, up to date with all these situations. But part of me wonders if there's a player that they're aware of that could potentially be shaking free and uh, without uh, trying to get them into some sort of uh, uh, that kind of negotiation uh, troubles before uh, anything has ever officially happened. Part of me wonders if uh, if they know of a, of a secondary move. Uh, they didn't know when this player was going to get cut. They just know it's going to happen at some point, and they've uh, freed up the money to be able to bring them in. I feel like that's might be uh, what's really at play here. I, I don't know if another trade's coming, because they've already moved a ton of draft capital. But uh, I feel like they might have some sort of understanding that someone's going to shake free.
0: See, I think it's TJ Watt. I think the TJ Watt deal gets done, and I don't think he's in any rush. I don't think he necessarily probably wants to play in the preseason anyways. Uh, and I don't think he, and I don't think he needs to, I don't, he's not a guy you know, offensively. You talk about the new system, you talk about rhythm and, you know, cohesiveness along the offensive line. Uh, but defensively, TJ Watt knows what he's doing. He knows the yep. offense in and out. That's the same coordinator. He's a dominant player. He's a technician. I think he'll be fine. I think that that's the next move that is made. And I still, and this is something Dave Schofield and I talked about at length, in the offseason was an extension could, doesn't mean it will, could actually decrease TJ Watts 2021 cap hit. So they could actually sure. create space this year with a new deal by moving a lot of money to a signing bonus and decrease. I think he, what does he get like nine this year? Is that what he's accredited for this year? I, I think year he's option? up for 10. Oh, and yeah. then if
2: he's an extension, that signing bonus has to be more than $45 million for it to affect this year's cap. So, Hey,
0: that's guaranteed yeah. money. I mean that's guaranteed money. So ultimately, what if a player wants, that's what they want. And the Steelers don't like to do that, but that's what they want. So okay, I want to ask you a couple questions here. Who who do you think is a who do you think has a bigger part in the success of this team in 2021? Najee Harris or Chase Claypool? That's a really, really good question, but considering how Matt Canada
2: likes to run his offense and how I think this team's going to bounce back to more of a kind of a 50, 50 uh, run pass team. I I think it comes down to Najee Harris's uh, shoulders, Uh, him being able to stay healthy. He uh, like, you see all these kind of odds coming out for offensive rookie of the year, this and that this kid is going to touch the ball a stupid amount of times. Uh, And I already, I've already seen people try to say he, he could be the, the NFL's leading rusher. I think our boy Jerry Dulak even said that. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> with the amount, of, <laughs> for the amount of times he's going to touch the ball. Uh, it's going to be a huge difference maker. And uh, we saw in that preseason game, he's ta- getting tackled a yard behind the line of scrimmage, but then still uh, battles off a six-yard carry. So I, I think he's going to be more important to the direct success of this team. But I think Chase Claypool might be uh, the next to most important weapon for that offense.
0: Well, like you said, I agree with what you said. You said this in a written form that he's a superstar in the making. Chase Claypool. I still do believe that. Next mm-hmm. question. The projected starting offensive line being left tackle Chooks Accor for left guard Kevin Dotson, Kendrick Green at center, right guard Trey Turner, and right tackle Zach Banner. Is that the same, barring injury, mind you, let's say they all stay healthy. Is that the same offensive line that finishes the 2021 season? Oh, that's tough.
2: Uh, I, if you t- asked me this question two weeks ago, I probably would have given you an emphatic yes. But the way Dan Moore Jr. has uh, turned it on this offseason, uh, really a mini camp, uh, the reports were he was struggling, and now he's kind of like, it seems like he's leading the, the race to be the swing tackle from a guy that we thought needed like a redshirt t- kind of year. He is improving every single practice. I think if Chuke struggles at all, I think we could see Dan Moore starting on this team. Uh, especially w- with the rate that he's improving, so with that in mind, maybe I'll maybe I'll be a little more cr- controversial and say no that uh, this offensive line that will start week one will be different by the end of the year because I think Dan Moore Junior is just uh, he he's dialed it up and I think he's fitting in uh, perfectly with the, what Adrian
0: Clem is trying to do. All right, a last question before I let you go: If you were to predict who will be the outside starting cornerback after the bye week? Opposite Joe Hayden, who is it going to be?
2: Oh, that is a tough question. Um, what do you think I'm
0: going to ask you? Easy questions, Michael? No, I'm going to think of good, <laughs> difficult questions to ask you. That's that's my job, okay? So go
2: ahead. Uh, if, if the answer is the, the guy already on this team, I think James Pierre is uh, just, he's blowing away everyone's expectations. Uh, there seems to be reports every day that people within the Steelers management group uh, think he's having the best training camp. Uh, There's the reporters that have been there uh, from the the beginning saying he's been one of the most impressive corners opposite of Joe Hayden. I I think James Pierre, I think the Steelers have found money in this guy. And uh, honestly, I I think he could be something special for this team, especially on the outside spot. He looks so seamless uh, playing in that Cleveland Browns playoff game that uh, many of us didn't expect him to play in, uh, let alone play so well. And he's uh, carried that over to training camp this year. I, I think if Sutton struggles at all, I, I think Pierre
0: could uh, step into that spot sooner rather than later. Do you think Sutton starts the year outside? They've been moving him. They've been moving him inside in and, and camp the last few practices. That's just something of note. But you think he does start outside?
2: I, I think he starts outside, and they have some sort of combination of uh, either Sutton moving in and uh, James Pierre taking the outside in sub packages, or perhaps uh, Antoine Brooks playing the nickel. This is interesting because all, all of a sudden it, there could be a potential where uh, Cam Sutton's the third guy with Brooks being the nickel, Pierre being on the outside. All of a sudden it's like, oh, did they really need to sign uh, Cam Sutton? It, there could be some contra- controversy there, yeah. but uh, it, it's it's one of those spots that uh, Cam Sutton, it, it really
0: is his to lose. And it seems like the guys behind him are really pressing for that job. I agree with you 100%. Well, that's it for Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark. Michael, I want to thank you for your time. I appreciate it as always. Uh, why don't you give me a silly prediction for this weekend's game Saturday night? Oh,
2: a silly stat line. Let's go with uh, Dwayne Haskins is going to throw four touchdown passes in, uh, two, in two quarters of play and everyone's going to lose
0: their absolute minds. <laughs> I hope it happens. I really <laughs> do just because it'll make for good content. So, all right, Michael, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, Jeff. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, uh, thank you again for Michael Beck to join every Friday. It's going to be a lot of fun throughout the season when we do our game picks and things like that. Um, we'll be talking a lot of trash. you know. It, it's, just, it's just fun. I enjoy having him on the show, and I thank him for that. Also, my heart-to-heart. I want to finish this up with a quick heart-to-heart. Here we have Ben Roethlisberger, 39 years old, entering year 18 in the NFL. I feel like I say this every year but I really want to make sure I emphasize it every season as, as much as I can remember. And that is enjoy the time that you have with Ben Roethlisberger under center. It's going to end at some point. Maybe it's after this year. Maybe it's not. We don't know, but every great player eventually has the point where they are done. It doesn't always necessarily mean that they have to end on a sour note that they are done when they can't physically do it anymore. But every professional player eventually says, I'm going to call it a career. And we know that that time is closer than it is further away with Roethlisberger. And so I want to just make sure that as the Steelers fans prepare for this third preseason game, as the Steelers fans prepare for this season, understand and remember what 2019 was like. We all want to talk about the next quarterback. Is it Dwayne Haskins? Is it Mason Rudolph? Not that they are the long term answer, but who would be the next, who would be the successor at quarterback? As much as I love debating that and talking about it, I'm not looking forward to that either. I'm really not. I'm a big Ben Roethlisberger fan, and I really don't want to see him go anytime soon. I hope he plays well. I hope he continues to play well. And heck, I would be fine welcoming him back in 2022 if he proves he can still play at a high level. But understand that even if you get frustrated with Roethlisberger, understand that it's going to end sooner than later and just show an appreciation. That's it. That's a simple heart to heart. Appreciate Big Ben while you have him because when he's gone, you end up missing him. I know my dad talked about it when Terry Bradshaw eventually retired. It would be the same thing in Pittsburgh. When Ben Roethlisberger leaves, you just hope that they don't have that from Bradshaw to Ben era, which was just like one jumbled mess. That's the hope. All right, folks, that does it for me for this Friday. I hope you have a great Friday. I hope you have a great weekend planned. Hope you enjoy the game on Saturday. Make sure you check me out on the post-game show with Brian Anthony Davis and Dave Schofield live on YouTube, and it'll also be on our audio side. And then I'll be back on Monday to talk all things Steelers, especially winners and losers from Saturday's game. You know how we finish it out here, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. Go Steelers. We'll see you on Monday.